So let's open the word. I'm going to have a few different passages today. If you have your Bible, you're welcome to turn with me. First one's Romans 12, verse 2. Some of you probably have this verse memorized too. It's a well-known one. Helps carry us through a lot of different things. And it's one of those ones that spoke to a specific context, but also speaks globally to the universal church of God. So Romans 12, verse 2. See what God's word has to say. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, his perfect will. What would you say is the current pattern of this world? For some, it may be denial, carelessness. For some, you may say the pattern right now is dangerous ambivalence. This hasn't affected me really, or I'm a healthy one, I'm not high risk, so I don't really need to take any precautions and just go about my life and enjoy this, 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 uh, the less crowds or the more crowds in some places. But what would you say is the, I would say anyway, that many or most of us uh, are experiencing or are at least witnessing, if not experiencing it? And that is fear and that is panic. What is God's will? What does the Bible tell us over and over and over and over and over again? But do not be afraid. God's pleasing and perfect will always calls us towards him and away from our fear. As people of God, we live by faith, not by fear. As we know, it says in 2 Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and self-discipline. God gives us his spirit, and in him there is no fear. But we also cannot be timid about the reality of what is around us. We also cannot be reckless or careless either, for he has also given us a spirit of self-discipline. And all over the place in God's word, we are called to be wise slow to speak, and quick to listen. What else do we know? That in Jesus Christ, we have a peace that surpasses all understanding. That also means it surpasses all misunderstanding or lack of understanding. There's a lot we don't understand right now. It would be very easy to feel unstable during this season. But in Jesus Christ, peace personified, we have an everlasting peace. Talking about momentum, right? We focused on all these things, love, prayer, discipleship, leadership, generosity, evangelism, which, by the way, Pastor Elisa brought it last week. 
I was uh, bummed not to be here uh, with you all to hear it, even though we had an amazing time in Spring Hill. Um, just want to say that it was a fantastic time and God was on the move. Um, made me laugh that Pastor Elisa said, uh, you know, oh yeah, evangelism. Everyone always, you know, hands that off to someone else. And uh, I mean, I just preached on giving the week before, Elisa. What do you want from me? <laughs> But uh, I thought she did such a good job of pressing us on that matter in such a gracious, loving way. Um, if you agree, I hope you say so in the comments. Here's the thing. This week, our focus is on unity. Unity while we are all scattered. <laughs> it's a little ironic, but here's the beauty. The church, by its very nature, is both scattered and gathered. We don't have a once-a-week faith. We have a daily faith. Being a Christian is not just something we do. It is who we are. It is a call to follow God daily. When we come to church on Sunday, when we come just once a week, we come so that we might be the church every day of the week. Now, gathering together like this does unify us together. It realigns us and recalibrates to God, to his word, to his purposes, to his mission, to his call in our lives. We can care for one another. We can worship God collectively together. We can receive his grace and then go and share his grace. But we can also do that like this. See, we are not created to be alone. You know that in Genesis, God says it's not good for man, for humans to be alone. And right now, we are socially distancing ourselves. And social distancing, there's no question, it is the wisest thing we can do right now to help our current situation. And if you haven't yet read up on flattening the curve, I highly encourage you to do so. And I encourage you to seek out some of the very good resources that are being provided by reputable sources, such as the CDC. But social distancing is the best thing we can do to help the global crisis in our own way right now. But it does come with potential cost. So how do we stay united when we are apart? This is one way, look at this. Y'all are talking way more during a message than you usually do, which I love, by the way, because you have good things to say and to share. Technology is amazing. There are so many resources at our hands to allow us to stay in touch. And I'm so encouraged by so many churches making this really difficult choice to shut down this week and then to get creative about how we can still worship and meet together. And this decision for us, it was not one out of fear of us all um, getting sick or anything like that. At the heart of it, it was out of an abundance of love for our immediate and our greater community. So with technology, we're able to get creative and find ways to still meet together. But how else are we united? As brothers and sisters in Christ, we're united by our shared mission by our shared identity as sons and daughters of God. Being separated does not change that. 
We are united by being loving, generous, prayerful disciples who follow God and lead others toward God, to a God who gives us our purpose, our meaning, our hope, and our life. And what are we called to do but to love Jesus, to live like Jesus, to lead others towards Jesus? You may recognize that as our mission statement. Now, here's the thing. The world needs hope right now. It needs to believe that things will be okay. That in the midst of the struggle, there is triumph. In the hardship, there is hope. It needs to know there is something good. That something good somehow, someway will come out of all of this. And that, God, that good already indeed is being done. What do we know as children of God? As the world gets darker, the light of Jesus Christ shines all the brighter. In the midst of such challenge, such cost, there is such great opportunity for the church of Christ to show up. And in part, that's what we're doing today by keeping the best of our community in mind, by showing our love, our care, our concern for our neighbors, for our kingdom, by putting away our selfish desires for the sake of the common good. How else are we called to show up as the Church of Christ in such a time as this? Well, Philippians 2, 1 through 3 says this. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. This is who we are as Jesus followers. To be united in Christ's love living like him and serving him through serving others. What this passage is describing, it's but the very blueprints of the church we read about in Acts. You may know this passage well, but listen to how it communicates to our situation today and write down what stands out to you from this passage. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad 
and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What stands out to you about that passage? What did you notice? What does it remind you of? <laughs> Meeting in houses, smaller groups banding together, helping one another in times of need so that no need went unmet. Living with an abundant generosity for the common good of the people. Being of one mind, having everything common, which of course, when you think of that, when you hear that, you're thinking that, well, so they never argued, they never disagreed on things. Of course not. They worked through stuff. They had to talk through stuff. They aren't these robotics hive mind kind of people. They're humans with sinful uh, nature and all of that, but they did the work together to be of one mind, to be on mission together, to be of one mind in their purpose, in their actions, they were of one mind. They were daily eating together, worshiping while they were scattered by meeting, not just in the temple courts, which would be kind of a public space of worship, but in each other's homes daily, reflecting on God's word. They probably had their own bookmarks. I'm kidding, they didn't. But daily together, they would reflect on God, pray together. And here we are. What are we doing but the very same thing? With each challenge comes opportunity for the church to step up. In the face of the real challenges that we have before us right now, we have the chance for the church to strip away all the extra niceties and get back to the basics of being a community that daily loves and serves God and neighbor. So how can we be united in this season of the world? Let's think about it for a minute while I hydrate. How can we be united in this season with what's going on in the world? Together, we can be united by seeking shalom of our community, by seeking God's peace here in a real way. Like Kyle says, for our groups to look like that Acts 2.42 church, to being united in prayer. We can't gather right now as a large community but we are all deployed into our own mission outposts right here, right now. Wherever you find yourselves right now, consider your home base for the work God has called you to. How can you love and serve from that place? Maybe it's 
writing handwritten letters to the people you know are struggling right now. Maybe it's giving a daily phone call to the people of your community. Maybe it, you, you know someone who lives alone or you are someone who lives alone. How can we connect these people together in that time? Or maybe you know someone in this very church family or your immediate community surrounding your mission outpost that has a child that won't be at school and the parents work and there's no childcare. How are we going to rise up and care for that child and that family? Maybe you're connected to someone who is a little more seasoned in life, is a little bit more elderly, and they don't have Facebook, they're not sure how to use it, or they don't have access to ordering groceries online or having shipped sent groceries to their house. And so the most acceptable to what's out there feels the need to have to go out there. How can we prevent that? How can we lessen their chance of being exposed? How can we get them connected so that they might be able to watch these videos too? These are just a few, just a few of the many needs that are present right now. And those needs are likely to grow and to change as the situation grows and changes. So the question is, do you yourself have a need or do you know of a need that the church can rise up to help with? Please contact us and let us know. If you're fearful of asking for help, I boldly encourage you to get over that fear. There is no pride in uh, withholding asking for help. Only, dare I say, silliness. Because we are the church of God called to go through this life together, to be of one mind so that there is no needs among us. So if you have a need or you know of a need, I encourage you to reach out, email us or post it in the comments, whatever. Email is office at hopekzoo.com. Let's mobilize and be the church together. Aside from those things, was already said, prayer. We need to pray, pray diligently for God to work as only God can, for God to be with our medical teams, for those that work uh, service jobs and can't take a breather or have to go into work, for those that are stocking toilet paper shelves at Costco. My goodness, what is going on in this world? <laughs> what a world this is. Pray for all of those that are afraid, all of those that are vulnerable, all of those that are concerned and worried, not just for themselves, but for their moms, for their dads, for their babies, and ultimately pray for God to heal this world, for his light to shine so bright through this experience. Do you believe God can do great things? He has. He always has. He is always restoring this world and drawing it back to him. And so we pray for him. 
and then we take our own responsibility to help him work through us. I started this message talking about fears. Remember that? Past few years, I discovered a new fear. It's the fear that a parent has for their child. My kids are climbers, okay? They like to climb, and then they like to descend from wherever they climb. Miles through way of jumping, Crosby through way of falling, because a one-year-old can't really jump. Now, I think the reason they're climbers is they must look at their dad and realize the only way for them to have a little bit of height is to be standing on top of something else. Now, I don't know if it's portrayed in the video or not, if it looks like I'm short on camera. Uh, that was just a joke. I'm actually 6'3", and so uh, here we are. But you see this fear. I have this fear every time Miles climbs up the stairs and then vaults himself off because I have no idea what is gonna happen to him. I have a little idea. I have a little idea of what could happen, but I expect the worst and each time my heart leaps. But here's the thing. We, all of us, have a father. All of us, and he does not fear. Fear is not from him because it is not in him. As we distance ourselves temporarily for the good of the community, what can we move towards? What can we cling to? We can cling to God's word. We can cling to his presence. We can cling to his promises. We can cling to his truth and to the everlasting hope that we have in Jesus Christ. What are you going to cling to in this season of our lives in this world? Proverbs 27 says, The wise see danger and take refuge, and fools keep going and suffer for it. In whom do we take refuge? but our everlasting, our all-loving God. He's got this. He's got this. You do not need to be afraid. Yes, you need to be wise. Yes, you need to be cautious. But we all have our part to play. And we are people of faith not people of fear. And if we keep a positive attitude, we keep our wits, we're intentional about trusting God, I believe we will all be pleasantly surprised at how the Holy Spirit meets us, ministers to us, and ministers through us during this interesting season in which we find ourselves. In the wake of this great challenge, may the church of God rise up to shine a burning light in the growing darkness. That light, it is the light of Christ, who is the king of the world, and in him we have an everlasting and never fading hope. Praise be to God. Let's pray. Oh, good Lord, you are indeed our living hope. 
And you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, self-discipline. And so, Lord, we pray we will not be timid to believing your word. We pray that we will indeed believe we have nothing to fear, Lord. And yet, God, we pray that through the power of your spirit, you guide us to live as you call us to live, to be wise in our words and our actions, to be slow to speak, quick to listen, and quick to follow your lead. We thank you, Lord, that you have gathered us together in this unique way today. You are actively at work even now, God. Give us eyes to see it. Give us the faith to believe it. And give us the, the motivation to act as you would have us act in this time. Reveal to us, God, the needs surrounding us. and equip us to help fill those needs. Lord, we also pray, we just pray for this world. Pray for the hurt that is being felt across the globe. We pray for those less resourced than us, God. We pray for your protection. God, we pray that the story that comes out of this COVID-19 isn't one of mass destruction and death, but one of abounding hope of the church rising up to do what we need to do to help your kingdom cause for such a time as this. We love you, God. You are a good God. You're so good. We pray all this, God, in the power of Jesus' name, and all God's people say, Amen.